It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Where you go, Auburn fans? You're listening to the E2C Network, Auburn podcast produced by Auburn fans for the Auburn family. It's over, folks, and there's nothing we can do about it. Our Tigers fall just a little short of their one shining moment in an albeit controversial fashion. Nevertheless, it's time for a special episode of the E2C Network reviewing the 2019 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Before we explore the madness and celebrate Auburn's successes, we must first mention the E2C Network 2019 March Madness Bracket Challenge. We had an outstanding response this year with over 150 participants competing for the title of Best Bracket Predictor. While everyone can't win, we are happy to announce our top three finishers will each receive a gift card of varying amounts from Anders Bookstore. Since we're on the subject of Anders Bookstore, let's talk about them a little bit. They are your one-stop shop for all things Auburn in the downtown area. Are you an Auburn student? Anders has you taken care of from cover to cover on textbooks and supplies to get you prepared for that rough semester ahead. Are you an Auburn Athletics fan? Look no further for the widest selection of game day gear you need to prove that your blood runs orange and blue. The entire Auburn family can find something they will need at Anders Bookstore. Just follow that toilet paper roll you just threw at Toomer's Corner down West Magnolia Avenue and keep the celebration going. Love Auburn? Think Anders. And now let's not waste any more time Here's our review of the March Madness of 2019. The March Madness has come to a close, and in a very sad and depressing fashion for us as Auburn Tigers fans. We're going to break down the entire tournament, spend a lot of time on the Final Four, our Auburn Tigers run in the tournament as well, and some controversy as well. The struggle for me tonight is to keep these two hoodlums in check with all of the fiery takes, hot takes, whatever you want to call them. I've got to somehow keep this thing under control tonight. I, I think it's a losing battle at this point, much like it was for everybody against the refs in the NCAA tournament, but that's the first oh. shot tonight. Uh, let's bring in our two co-hosts, Mr. Drew Hooper from the Auburn Soccer Podcast, the only one out there, stoppage time. Welcome, Drew. Welcome to Disappointmentville, Kyle. <laughs> Population, <laughs> everyone except Virginia. Uh, and then we have hey. Ben King from No Huddle, our Auburn football co- podcast, who he really is just a ca- – I wouldn't even call him a casual basketball fan. He got into it this year, and uh, I think he's regretting every single moment of, it, uh, moment of it. How are you doing, Ben? I I, I am so mad <laughs> right now, He can't even get man. the words out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not regretting every single moment of it. In fact, I, the first game that I watched this year was us – uh, playing preseason, and then I somehow missed the entire season and came into uh, the tournament, and I fell in love with this team, and I see why everyone else was following. I I followed our scores and everything, but my gosh, Auburn had the best team we've ever had this year, and nothing, no stupid fouls from some kid jumping on the ground because he loves to <laughs> fall on the ground. And play like a soccer player from the European League. Whoa, whoa. 
none of that will take away what Auburn accomplished this year. So we just all need to take a second to remember that before we get into how terrible this stupid tournament ended. Well, we should, uh, I guess, let Drew address since he took shots at soccer over there. Do you have any takes on that, Drew? No, Ben's a peacock. You got to let him fly. (laughs) (laughs) Ben's a peacock. Oh, that's one of the best quotes that's ever happened on this network. Thank you for that. Um, Look, guys, we could try to do this as organized as possible, but I think that's a lost cause at this point. Um, Your champions for the NCAA tournament, Ben, prepare yourself. I'm going to say it. Not my champions. The champions for the NCAA tournament, whether you recognize it or not, are the Virginia Cavaliers, 85-77 in overtime over the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who were trying to get their first national championship, just like Auburn was trying to. But, of course, some certain people got in the way. And certain people flopped, and certain people got away with a lot of things. Anyway, um, we are yeah, like a right foot. We are very bitter fans tonight, but we have to talk about some of these things. Do you guys want to talk about the championship final four stuff, or do you want to kind of start from the beginning of the tournament? Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, like Virginia's going to get vacated anyway when match fixing scandal comes out. <laughs> so who really cares? <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's start it from the beginning of the tournament. Obviously, just like with our preview, we don't have time to go through every single game here. But let's kind of start at the top and, and just kind of look down how things played out. And one of the pads that I liked following in this tournament was the Duke-Zion-Williamson storyline, where all you heard about coming into this year and throughout the tournament was how Duke and Zion-Williamson, R.J. Barrett, they were going to run away with this tournament. And lo and behold, outside their first tournament game, they struggled mightily and had to have some last-second shots get them over UCF, over Ben's favorite team, Virginia Tech. So I was, would, a good one. I was surprised that they struggled as much as they did to even get to an Elite Eight game where they eventually lost to Michigan State. Uh, Drew, what did you think about Duke's play overall and their struggles that they had? I I kind of expected it a little bit. Like They came in very hyped, more or less. And I made the comment on the podcast when we were starting just kind of previewing the tournament. UCF, like you don't understand the size of Taco Fall until you play against him. Because like being out of Memphis and watching Memphis play against him two, three times a year for the past couple of years, like he is just something else. Like he he's just a difficult person to prepare for. You don't understand what seven foot six is until you're staring it in the face. Yeah, and every time <laughs> I looked down the court, there was this just giant redwood tree there, and I didn't understand like how a man could get that tall and that lanky. It was ridiculous how easy it was for him at times just to catch the ball and just basically place it in the basket. Yeah, the only way to stare seven six in the face is to get a step stool, <laughs> and sure. uh, oh, boy. that is ridiculous. And how tall that man is. I will have to say, I, I think he's probably, of the people who have been like 7'5", that range, I, I think he's probably got to be one of the better players we've seen like mm-hmm. actually develop besides Yao Ming. Yeah. And, uh, like he just seems very solid as a player overall. Yeah. I, for I, sure. I do think that he's a very talented player. I think, you know, there's obviously the, the height element there that already gives him a vast advantage over most of the players there. But it's one thing to be tall. It's another thing to be tall and have talent, too. And he clearly has that. So I, I'd like to see him get a little bit more muscle on him because he just looks like he could break him. But it doesn't really matter because he's not really playing a true contact sport, especially Virginia hey. not playing a contact sport, falling on the floor everywhere. What's that? He's Three tall sh- and he can ball. 
face. Tall. Yeah, but when when he did fall in some of those games, oh. that was some of the slow motionest stuff I've ever seen Timber. in my life. Well, it's kind of scary too. Oh I yeah, because he, he was hurt all that season too. Yeah, and when he comes down, that is a long, long, long way to go down. Uh, but I was happy to see that he gave Duke a run for their money, and uh, it took a last-second shot for them to get over uh, the UCF Knights and Taco there, and they almost lost to your favorite team, Virginia Tech, um, Ben. So nope. what, what, I hate all of Virginia. I know you do. That state can burn. It, it, Let it float out into the Atlantic. I, I thought that was California we were talking about. That's the one that's supposedly the fault line is going to crack and they're just going to drift that can, off. That can float out the Pacific, too. So, I don't care if we lose two of them. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, so sorry to all our California and Virginia listeners tonight. All five there's not of you. many. Well, there's some, believe it or not. We have them out there. I, I, I've seen that for a fact. But um, anyway, so we hope you guys enjoy as you sail away off into the Atlantic and the Pacific. Uh, but Al can get to land in time. He'll be fine. <laughs> what do you think about um, Duke losing to Michigan State? Were you shocked by that at all, Drew? Well, no, because a wise man once told me, mm. never count out Tom Izzo in any month in the 12-month calendar. I mean— So I did not. That's just sage advice, and I don't know where you got that from. It's Probably like, from someone who finished below me in the bracket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get into firing shots at each other here. So, yes, uh, my old uh, proverbial wisdom in never count out Tom Izzo. He'll get you to the final four held true this year. Um, and, you know, I, I did figure that it was going to be Duke and Michigan State, and I just didn't see – I saw the talent in Duke. I just didn't see the togetherness that you tended to see with the Michi- Michigan States and things like that. They had talent and a really good team put together, not just a bunch of athletes like our Yeah, Duke is young, too. Oh, yeah. like They have three freshmen that are just insane. So, so they're going to be good for a while, like they always are. Well, and the question, I mean, it's not even a question now. I'm assuming that we're just a matter of months away from R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson going pro. Um, and you know, moving on, and they'll reload like they always do, and we'll see them back in the tournament. Um, Don't but, you have to play more than one year? No, nope, just one it's and college done. College basketball, Ben. Don't you know the Kentucky? I don't model? follow this stupid sport. This is terrible. <laughs> you just you just have to get one semester under your belt. You can fail your classes in the spring <laughs> and just bounce. It ain't wrong. I mean, okay. he's, he's not wrong in the way he's describing that. Um, but, mm. yeah, we'll see Duke back again. We'll just have a, another, you know, plethora of talent that they'll amass and then just shoot them on out the door again to the NBA. Um, thankfully, Auburn may be heading more of that. Well, I guess not thankfully. I mean, in some ways it's good that if you have the problem of one and dones, but, you know, then there's also that kind of, well, you never really get to know them at all and they never get to be really fully in the Auburn family type of thing. Uh, so we covered that side of things. Another big name that came into the tournament was Ja Morant. Uh, they did what a lot of people, I thought, expected them to do, uh, him and his Murray State team. They got through their first round game, and that was about it. And did you guys think that you were going to see a little bit more out of Murray State? Uh, ben, what about you? Uh, I was more focused on the Catamounts, who <laughs> they led so in the first excited half. For that. They led in the first half, baby. But they, they did not come through for you. You were so yeah. excited that day for that game. I uh, I didn't pick Murray State, so I didn't care about them. Well, <laughs> you know, everybody's got to be wrong at some time, and you just were wrong earlier on than us. I'm just, I'm just wrong a lot, so that's okay. Well, that's what happens when you don't watch an entire season of college basketball. That's true. That is exactly right. 
Drew, over to you, John Morant, your thoughts on him and his time in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, not shocked to see him get past Marquette. Like, he really came to play that game. But I figured they'd have trouble against Florida State if they got past that point because anytime you're facing Dikembe Mutombo's nephew, I feel like you're going to run into problems. And, like, Florida State's just a super long team. And Murray State has a guy that's about six foot five that's playing center. And I'm pretty sure he weighs about 300 pounds. So that kind of proportion is always going to backfire against you. I said the same thing about that guy from Mary State as I said about Michael Carrera and some many other players in the SEC. It, there, there are certain people that just look like they should not be able to actually compete in the game of basketball, and yet they can, and it's the most frustrating thing in the world to me. Now, granted, thankfully, we didn't have to play against Murray State. Thus, I wouldn't have been as frustrated as, as I was against the Michael Carrera. But for whatever reason... He was not that in shape, at least appearance-wise, but he could just put the ball in the basket. You know, a lot of people talked about it was just John Morant, but they had some good pieces around them. Not great pieces, but good good enough pieces to get them into the tournament and get that first win there. So this is probably the last time that you will see uh, John Morant in this tournament. So I hope you enjoyed that while it lasted. Let's talk about the SEC and the performance overall. I think we had, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, six teams in the tournament this year. It was Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and am I Mississippi State. Mississippi State. What did you guys think about the SEC overall and their performance? We'll start with Drew. Uh, Ole Miss is still trash. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> like, Oklahoma yeah. is awful. I live here, and I've listened to OU fans for the past couple months, their team's atrocious, and I've watched them play, and they're atrocious. Kermit Davis should be embarrassed by that one. Uh, Tennessee, Rick Barnes is the luckiest man alive. Didn't end up taking the UCLA job, so apparently he didn't want to test his luck too much. Nope. No, I Kentucky wouldn't. gets as lucky as can be that the leading three-point shooter in all of eternity can't hit a three to save his life in Wofford, and Mississippi State bad, too. Basically, state of Mississippi, trash. <laughs> so basically Auburn, Auburn's very good have been. We Auburn's have, very good and Auburn should be how do they say it national champions uh, <laughs> yep Ooh, that's about how I feel so far about the SEC so, everyone's trash Auburn's the best so here's the states we've eliminated from our listenership thus far uh, Mississippi Virginia and California at this rate we're going to get through at least a third of them so let's just keep going Mississippi doesn't have internet Kyle they're not listening to us <laughs> yeah oh, we won't I forgot any of those three I forgot to throw Oklahoma in there too so that's four we're, we're up to four states now so we're on good pace here to eliminate a third of that's them. fine I never want to visit Oklahoma <laughs> don't worry if we play in the Alaska shootout sometime too I'll probably tick them off as well <laughs> <laughs> thankfully I don't think we're going to have to see that tournament uh in the near future, because I think there will be a lot of tournaments looking to fill spots and Auburn's name will be in there based off not just their tournament performance, but what they've been doing over the Bruce Pearl era. They're there to stay. We're going to get to Auburn in just a second here, but a couple more things back in the SEC realm of things. You know, there was the talk of who was the best team in the SEC and the best team for the tournament for the SEC. You know, Auburn's in that mix, obviously coming out of their SEC championship win, but you've got Kentucky and Tennessee. And the question was, who was the better of the two most of the year? Because everyone assumed they were going to be the champions of the SEC. I think Kentucky, based off their performance in the tournament, was the more solid team. And I'm not just saying that because we beat them, 
but that's just I think they were built better. You know, they got they did it without PJ Washington to start off the tournament, and when he got back in, he stepped up in a big way, especially in Auburn. I think he had like twenty eight points, like or something like that. Twenty eight points, fourteen boards, five blocks. But the whole thing is, is that nobody else really helped him, and that was basically their offense was PJ Washington. Uh, so they were a very talented team. Tennessee had struggles throughout the tournament, and my gosh, that Tennessee Purdue game. I was sitting, uh, I was at an event with Jessica and trying to pay attention on my phone to that thing. And I, I kept looking over to her and whispering, I was like, we're in overtime where it keeps going. It will not stop. What did you guys think about Tennessee's play? We'll start with Ben. Uh, you know, I don't like Tennessee. So I was, well, there's number five. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? That's fine. I don't care. Ben, we're getting landlocked. Tennessee. Vanderbilt and UT. Yeah. The irrelevant and the, has-beens, that's how I feel about Tennessee. Well, we so, can at least say that we own them, right? Because we beat them twice. That's right. Oh, we exposed the mess out of Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, we we proved that they weren't like this dominant rolling force that they were. Like they, they don't shoot the ball well. So basically every team from there on out made them shoot the ball. Yeah. And it was, it was bad for them. Well, and outside of Admiral Schofield, I don't think there were a lot of players that could shoot it pretty reliably. Um, you know, I thought Grant Williams would have a better tournament than he actually did, and he he did fine. But I don't think you know the SEC Player of the Year should have had a better tournament there. Um, so yeah, I do think Auburn exposed some things, and you saw the other teams in the tournament exploit that. And they, I had them in my Final Four, uh, but based off what I was seeing as the tournament went along, I felt less and less likely that I was going to see them in the Final Four, and that held to be true with Purdue getting out of there um, past them. So that was, you know, not surprising as we saw things go along there. Um, I guess I've held you. Well, well, one more thing before we talk about Auburn. You know, I always talk about Tom Izzo. Don't count him out. But what's my other saying, Drew? Uh, that Will Wade means more to his team than whoever their <laughs> interim head coach is. Because <laughs> LSU is also trash. I forgot about them. All right. There's Louisiana. There's, there's six states. Um, do not count on Gonzaga to get to the Final Four or really far in the tournament. Now, they got farther than I gave them credit for this year. They got to the Elite Eight. But I promise you, folks, I have been burned way too many times by Gonzaga to ever trust them again. And I, I want them, you know, because that's I want them to win because that's just not a blue blood type of thing. That's not a... It's a it's a team that's got a lot of buzz by their name, but they're not a Kentucky, they're not a Kansas, they're not a UNC. Ironic that I mentioned the teams that Auburn beat. Um, but Gonzaga falls early. Did you, Drew, think that they were going to fall earlier or go a little bit further? Uh, I thought they were going to go out in the Sweet 16. So bully for them for getting passed out. I know it was you know surprising. I think they surprised a lot of people after the way they've kind of tanked sometimes in the tournament. Uh, so good for them to get out of there, but. If you guys are looking for advice for next year, don't count out Tom Izzo. Always count out Gonzaga. I'm just saying. It held true. Um, you, you can add another one to that. What's don't that? Count, yeah, out don't count out Virginia when the refs are in the game. <laughs> We're building towards think, this. No, nah, I don't think they're going to be the little, you know, glass China dolls that they were this year. No. So they've, they've won their little thing. They were the last, you know, closest two blue blood number one seed redemption story whatever you want to call it and uh you know all the refs that bet on virginia to win i hope they made a ton of money and (laughs) that when it comes out in a few years 
hope Virginia can choke on the championship that gets stolen from them. So just like the game got stolen from us. So, Well, we're already here. Take in the convers- we're in the conversation already, so let's talk about the Final Four. It ends up being Auburn versus Virginia and Texas Tech versus Michigan State. And I got to be honest with you, I was surprised that Texas Tech got out of that game with Michigan State. They surprised me. Uh, but what was more surprising uh, was the way that the Auburn game ended. And we've already been alluding to it a lot. There's a lot of hurt feelings, as you can tell, uh, by us here in the Auburn Nation. Um, as we were getting on the call to do this, we were looking at Twitter. And wow, is it a blaze as the Virginia Cavaliers took the national championship. And some very hot takes and very uh, upset Auburn fans, and rightfully so, Um Ben, not Ben, excuse me, Clint and I talked a lot about this on Inside the Jungle, and I want to give you guys a chance to give your take on those last two portions of the game that ultimately ended up deciding it, the non-called double dribble and the foul called at the end. And Ben, my gosh, son, just behave yourself. Have, Have at it. Well, I'd say there's one more thing that was missed, is we were trying to foul them before they crossed midcourt. And that was the reason that kid did the double dribble is because we were trying to pull them back again where they had to inbound the ball and waste that minute and a half. But the rest wouldn't call that. And then they wouldn't call the double dribble. And then the kid throws up a ball and they call it once he crosses midcourt. And so they give them the inbound. Guy turns around and throws it up, barely touched. And they give him not only the, the thing that makes me really mad is that they went for the win versus just trying to have a decent shot. Like, Wait, so you're mad that a team tried to win the game? No, the the fact that, it, in my mind, <laughs> I'm like, we need to get it as close as possible. But here's the thing. UVA was like, our game plan is go out there, throw up a prayer, and fake it like you want to make it gotcha. when it comes to getting a foul. And that's what they did. He went up. He was at the pinnacle for as long as he possibly could have been before he released that stupid ball. He was coming back down and threw it up, threw up a prayer and ran into our guy and then jumped off of him and then like flailed on the ground like a little, you know, bird that just fell out of the nest. (laughs) And so, yeah, good job, UVA. You can sell it like anyone else. Um, Ben, I would. And I realized it was a foul. I realized it was a foul. I don't care. I, yeah, I don't care. It never should have gotten to that point, and that's more what I'm upset about. I wish that you had been on Inside the Jungle now, so you and uh, Clint could have had at at this. Oh, cause... and Uncle Kyle, I'm not getting on a couch next to you because <laughs> I listened to that, and I was still mad. So <laughs> I tried I to hold your attempt, though. I tried to hold a therapy session in Inside the Jungle, and Clint. It was even hard to get him to come in. Uh, to the proverbial room and sit down <laughs> to have that conversation. So uh, you did a lot better job than him because he was hard to pin down. Um, yeah, Ben, from outside perspective, from someone who's not a basketball fanatic and into the game, I'm not saying that as a slight at you, but just the, the general Auburn sports fan, I can completely understand your vitriol, your anger, and I, I'm angry too. I'm not saying I'm not about the way things transpired. The main thing, and if, if you have not listened inside the jungle, I'll just give you my quick take here. That was a double dribble. It was missed. That was a foul at the end of the game. The, my problem with it is it was not called 
like that the rest of the game. That type yeah, of foul. No consistency. That, that I completely my, agree. I think that it, by the book, that is a foul. But if you're going to call that a foul in the most crucial moment of the game, you need to call it throughout, and that's why I was upset. Uh, ben and I have hogged this portion here, Drew. I want to get your take on that last couple of sequences for the Auburn-Virginia game. I, I mean, like, my, my thing is double dribbles missed. They... I agree with Ben. I think the bigger thing, not even the double dribble, it's the fact that they they moved the call to the front court rather than calling the foul in the back court. Because whenever that happened, you get a better angle towards the basket. Auburn had to switch out their defenses. The little small stuff like that is kind of what annoyed me. Right. Uh, I, I think it's a foul. I, I have no doubt in that. But my bigger thing is I think Bryce Brown got fouled on his three, yep. not even 20 seconds before that, right. in, in almost an even worse fashion. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Guy definitely karate kid it and swept the left. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that dude, that dude was flailing Reggie Miller style. He, like, like he, he went in with no intent to actually hit the three. He was going for, I need to get to the line. Would you uh, say that he had taken lessons from some soccer players that are just the best at flopping? No, uh, no I don't really think he flopped. I think he made himself bigger than he needed to be, which that's where I kind of get in the weird gray, gray area of I think it should have been a no call because I think it could have easily been an offensive or a defensive foul because Samir crowded him based off the fact that he just hit one in his face when he didn't crowd him enough. Right. And then Kyle Guy's kicking the leg at him too, which is now illegal in today's uh, basketball. Right. So either way, I think it, I think right there it's at best a no call. Uh, but, of course, that's just kind of – it is what it is. Like, I, I just think if you're not going to call it like that the whole time, you can't call it like that then. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we I think all of us agree and I think honestly if we, you know, sat down with some Virginia fans maybe two, three weeks after this is like gotten over with and you could actually have a rational conversation with them, they would probably admit the same thing. Not that they don't deserve to be champions, but I'm just saying they could probably, especially if they're real astute basketball fans, would be able to admit the same thing too, that they kinda got away with one there. You know, there's a lot of people saying that New Mexico State got the better we kind of that kind of caught up to us because of the way that one ended. Um, there's those storylines thrown around in there. Um, but let's just admit this there was a lot of questions about the refing at the end of the Auburn Virginia game. But I just want to be fair for both sides. Can we all admit that Auburn did some things to not to put themselves in the situation for that to happen against them? Hey, if we had made our free throws, it wouldn't have mattered. There you go. It's completely right. If we look, our shooting percentage was terrible. And UVA shooting percentage was mediocre. The the fact that we still came within a point and we should have, we were up four points with six seconds left. Four points. And we had that terrible shooting percentage. Now nah, that's, that's a testament to the way that we played the game. Yeah. Does it? See, uh, go ahead, Drew. I, I, I err on the other side. I, yeah, Jared could have made his free throw, but Jared also, it was at 18 straight free throws there. You're bound to miss one eventually. Anthony, right. the six, the sixty-six percent free throw shooter, makes his two. I I don't ever err on the argument of there's more Auburn could have done. Auburn was in the lead, had the lead, played that last that last build up about as great as you're going to, and got got it taken away. Like I, that's the side I err on. I you can always look back and go, man, in the twelfth minute of the first half, like we could have done this differently. <laughs> but like overall, Auburn came storming back, took the lead, 
was the better team at that point and ha- was holding them off. And then things just start to get a little funky. And that's where I err on. Yeah, and nothing against Jared Harper because that kid puts his body on the line every single time he has the ball in his hands. Yep. So one of the best players on the team, nothing against him. I just I also realized that we could have played better in some areas. Well, and let's just say this here. You know, I, I'm very impressed with the way the team, the coaches, and especially Coach Pearl restrained themselves and, and held themselves to a higher standard uh, than I think, honestly, any of us would have in that moment. Yes, we've all seen the clip of Bryce Brown saying some things about the refs as they walk back through the tunnel. Of course, that's happened. That happens. That's that's not, I'm not excusing it, but I'm saying in that moment, he was probably a lot more restrained than I would have been. So I, I just want to reiterate that I, I'm very proud of our program for the way they handled such a tough situation. And um, no matter which way you slice it, there is room, whether you lean more towards Drew's uh, side, that there was not much more that Auburn could have done that got taken away from, or you lean towards the side uh, that Auburn basically kind of shot themselves in the foot. It goes both ways. Things could have been done better by the officiating. Things could have been done better by Auburn. And it just didn't result in us getting to go to our first championship game ever. But how cool is it that for the first time, in the history of Auburn basketball's program, not only do you go to the Elite Eight, not only do you go to the Final Four, but you have to go through the top three winningest programs in the history of college basketball and had a chance to play the fourth highest winning uh, team in college basketball history if they had made it to the championship game and you had as well. That, to me, will never, ever be taken away from this team. It does feel a little hollow the way it ended. But at the same time, we're all going to think, look back on this and, and celebrate how awesome this run was for Auburn. And real quick, guys, just your thoughts on the team as a whole, what you saw, then what you're impressed by with your run. I'll, I'll let you start, Ben. Uh, you know, the fact that we had so many good players on this team where everyone contributed and we were able to even put our walk-ons in against uh, North Carolina and against Kansas. And maybe we even put a couple in at the end of Kentucky, but I think it was still pretty close. But to beat some of those teams by upwards of 20 points, to come together and everyone contribute, just incredible performance by an Auburn team that bought in, that Bruce Pearl has taken from one of the worst programs in the SEC just a few years ago to the best program in the SEC, the best program in the state, the first program in the state to ever make it to the Final Four, and the best program that I've ever seen in basketball from Auburn. So, I, I mean, it's, it's a special season. And kind of like what I said initially, once we get past the anger and disappointment of not getting to finish it out the way I think the boys should have had the opportunity, uh, we'll get to look back and just relish in the magic that happened in, in March and, and uh, you know, everything before that. Drew, your take on uh, Auburn's run and what it means to you. Well, I, th- I mean, I think it was definitely something when we started off the season that we envisioned and kind of talked about and were excited about. And then we we had that stretch through January and February where it was looking bleak and that eight or nine seed was staring us right down the barrel. And just to see the turnaround after getting walloped by Kentucky – 
and just to watch how this team grew from that. Like I, I thought their biggest struggle was the cohesiveness and the just maturity almost. And after that, everyone just seemed to take ownership of their role. And then what happened after that was just beyond what I think any Auburn fan could have imagined was just rolling through, not just winning games, but just after that UT game, just annihilating teams. <laughs> uh, and like that, I mean, that's just, we, we saw a little bit of the, the Auburn from January and February in that New Mexico State game, but ultimately... I think that woke them back up again, and that's what began that run. And you know, I it was so many highs, but then also, I mean, we we feel devastated. I mean, losing Chuma, like that was that was rough. That yeah, that yeah. was hard to watch because, like, I've been there. I I've suffered a knee injury similar, and it's that's rough. Like it's it's one thing to to suffer it, but also to be on the top of your game, be the best player dominating some of the best players in college basketball and to have to go out like that, like that was rough, but then to follow that up with beating the team that has gotten the best of you all season was just something that you couldn't even, you couldn't write a script better. Oh yeah. And and so I, you wish it would end the way it should have ended, but ultimately I, if you're an Auburn fan and you're hanging your head about this team, then I'd question like, what are you actually a fan of? Because this team did nothing but, meet exceed expectations set records make history and basically immortalize themselves in auburn lore well i think no fan that and i can say this just from the the many that i've talked to i was in auburn arena for the final four game um you know i was in decatur alabama for the sweet 16 elite eight run just talking to other auburn fans no one is questioning this team and whether they deserve to be there their effort uh, doing the right things and the few mistakes they made from, and they, they made up for those. No one's questioning this team. They're only questioning the officiating situations, things like that. So I, I do think that I'm very impressed with our team, but I'm also impressed with our fans and how supportive they have been to this, uh, this team and this program. So, and at one moment that I, I really take to heart and I thought it was very special, I was at the uh, welcome home celebration for the final four Auburn Tigers in Auburn arena this past Sunday and uh, as they were wrapping up, one of the fans stands up and, and says, you know, we've got one more thing we want to say to one of your players. And the guy starts chanting Samir Dowdy's name because, man, you want to talk about a guy that had every reason to hang his head and just hide in a corner for the rest of the year. That was Samir Dowdy. And not, I'm not saying that that's what I, that's probably what I would have done, actually, uh, that he should have done that. Uh, but, man, he handled it like a man, answered questions. And to see the fans respond to him the way they did speaks volumes not just of uh, that team, but it uh, speaks volumes of our fan base. So kudos to you, the Auburn family, for uh, handling this as best as I think you possibly can and supporting your team going forward. Now, we have some business to take care of, my friends, because we talked a lot of smack to each other in our bracket challenge and who is going to be the best. And I will give you the official <laughs> results um, by no one's surprise. I think in this and Ben, well, hopefully at least admit it too. Ben comes in last out of the three of us, but out of 153 competitors this year, let me say that again, 153 competitors. Um, not going to get into too, too many specifics, but we only anticipated between 50 and 100, and we were really hoping for 100. The fact that you all responded and gave 153 brackets submitted to this challenge this year, uh, my 
complete and utter astonishment and, and thanks to all of you for participating in that this year. It was a great success, and let's double it next year. Um, but Ben gets tied for 39th out of all 153 brackets. Ben, were you surprised with yourself? Uh, top 40, baby. I, 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 I would have been higher had, uh, had Auburn actually you know, not had things stolen from them. And so. I, I had a, I have to admit that I apologize to you for ever doubting that our Tigers could go further than that. So thank you. I uh, had them going to the sweet 16 and, Midwest champions, baby. Yes. That's what they were. Uh, I had them going to the sweet 16, which resulted in me getting second place out of the three of us. Uh, 28th tied for 28th overall. I was in first place for a long time though. I do want to point that out. Uh, but the winner out of the three of us, Mr. Drew Hooper comes in, Tied for 18th overall. Uh, well done, Drew. Very good. I think we should, you know, next year start thinking about listening to you a little more as long as people. Did look. you just pop off? A, I was in first for a long time. Like yeah. that was, <laughs> I did. Like, that was your that was your vindication of. I mean, I held first up until the end, and then I wasn't. <laughs> That's because a lot of the first couple weeks of the tournament were chalk. So, <laughs> but I had a lot I'm, of. I'm glad you can pick the higher. Uh, yeah, you had a couple. I did have a couple, but congratulations, Drew. You win out of the three of us. Uh, we should get back together again next year and do this again to see if you can retain your champion between the three of us. Uh, but let's officially give the winners for this year's 2019 Bracket Challenge presented by Anders Bookstore. Thank you to, to them again for providing the prizes for this year. Uh, first place, we'll get a 25 dollar gift card to anders second place will get a 20 dollar gift card and third will get a 15th place so in third we have and you two will love this name on their bracket challenge alabama nit champs in third place will get the 15 dollar gift card Woo! A little chuckles chuckles all the way around there in second place duck for auburn gets the 20 dollar gift card to anders bookstore and I would do a drum roll, but that's kind of lame here on this end if I just start drumming on the desk. Our winner for the 2019 E2C Network Bracket Challenge is Stanley L23451. Gets the $25 gift card and the title of champion for 2019 Bracket Challenge. Well done, all. Thank you so much for you guys participating in this year's challenge. We hope to do this again in some form or fashion next year. Um, if you have not done so, please contact E2C Network by email, network at gmail.com. You can contact us on the social media accounts. I will do my best to get in contact with you as well so we can get your prizes out to you. Guys, What a let's be honest here. I know the ending of the tournament wasn't the best, can, but can we at least admit that this was a very fun and entertaining tournament? For Auburn, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was, was the only games I really watched was Auburn and who we were going to face next. So, so you hey, didn't yeah. sit, you didn't sit there and just watch every game like I did. Absolutely not. I have work to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no offense to you, not I just I undertake way too many home improvement projects. So, well, uh, you know, I guess that just makes me a bum that I sat there and watched almost every game. It it does not. I'm not a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of Auburn, which is why. Hey, Let's go ahead and shout out to next year, though. They've already put out top 25 rankings. Auburn comes in at six for next year to start us off. Now, that's mm. interesting because the one I saw had us at 10th. I don't know which well, one. Well, C- CBS, man. Well, I have us at number one. 
<laughs> of course you do, man. You had us number one from the day you were born, and that's not going to change. And I love you for it. Don't you ever change, my friend, because we need Auburn fans like you out there, and I wish I could be more like you, sir. So thank you for being nothing more than what you are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to give the floor first to Drew here. Final thoughts on basketball for 2018-19 season. Auburn, everything, what do you got? Well, you can get your Auburn National Champion ship shirts at any of the bookstores around campus don't ever support the state of virginia <laughs> and ben your final thoughts uh yeah i would say first uh move out of the you know blue ridge mountains area because uh when the end times come and god smites earth oh no fire from the heavens will rain upon not blacksburg first now it's going to charlottesville baby and it'll quickly go to blacksburg afterwards so Take that, UVA. Thank you for becoming my number one most hated team in all of collegiate sports. I hate you. I have... Besides that, <laughs> what a great season for Auburn, man. Yeah. Incredible. Big King's my spirit, Big King is my spirit animal. <laughs> the fact that you were able to make Ben King move you up to number one on his list, that's over Oklahoma, that's over Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Virginia Tech, over Florida, any other team in the SEC that we don't like. The fact that you were able to accomplish that, UVA, that is your national championship. Well done. <laughs> so, I don't know what I do when now UVA plays Virginia Tech. It's going to be... The Meteor. I'll be cheering for the Meteor, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just hate It's watch. a Meteor game. Just like when Alabama and Clemson play each other for the 30th time next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll get a chance to uh, uh, wreck havoc and uh, seek revenge on Virginia next year. And uh, some preseason, not preseason, but early season tournament or in a non Don't wish game. that evil upon us. I never want to play that team again. I, I, that's, I, that's the most boring basketball you could possibly ever watch, too. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you uh, keeping your emotions somewhat in check, but also being as honest as you can. Uh, I apologize to the states. Uh, let me get my list here. Uh, California, Tennessee, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Virginia, Mississippi. No. Am I missing anybody? We're not apologizing to Virginia. So, some people in the European Union some. may have been offended by this episode and any Canadians that may have been listening just because, you know, Canadians. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Whether you were able to prove you knew more about college basketball than Ben King is besides the point. But we hope everyone who participated in our 2019 March Madness Bracket Challenge had a great time. A big thank you again to our sponsor for the Bracket Challenge, Anders Bookstore. Whether you're an Auburn student, sports fan, or any other title within the Auburn family, Anders is the place for you to fulfill your orange and blue needs. If you love Auburn, then think Anders. Finally, if you haven't considered subscribing to Auburn Podcast by ETC Network, you can find us on all major podcast providers such as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. Stay connected with us on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our website, E2Cnetwork.com, is the place to find all our podcasts, blogs, and ways to support the shows. We are so thankful you took the time to listen to this episode and hope you'll stick around for more in the future. We love our E2C Network family, our Auburn family, and plain and simple, we love Auburn. We hope you do as well. War Eagle.